Here was Rogan, checking his neck in the mirror. Here was Keith, squat thrusting in his underwear. Here was Ned Riley. Here was B, Trooper. Here was Gare Orley. Stefan DeWitt. Killers all. All bad, I guess. Although, in that instant, I saw it differently. At birth, they'd been charged by God with the responsibility of growing into total fuck-ups. Had they chosen this? Was it their fault as they tumbled out of the womb? Had they aspired, covered in placental blood, to grow into hammers, dark forces, life-enders? In that first holy instant of breath-slash-awareness, tiny hands clutching and unclutching, had it been their fondest hope to render, via gun, knife, or brick, some innocent family bereft? No. And yet their crooked destinies had lain dormant within them, seeds awaiting water and light to bring forth the most violent, life-poisoning flowers, said water-light actually being the requisite combination of neurological tendency and environmental activation that would transform them, transform us, into Earth's awful murderers, and foul us with the ultimate unwashable transgression. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Lit to Lens podcast, the safe place for folks who like the movie more than the book. We're recording this episode on June 20th, 2022, and today we are discussing Spiderhead. With me to talk about the adaptation is the Total Waisto, Rehab, Refresh, Repeater, and Darkenflock's abuser himself, Mr. Eric. Drip on? Acknowledge. How you doing? Let's get it. Uh, good, good. Uh, I'm wearing my Top Gun inspired glasses. Yes, you are. I have consumed all of 2022's Miles Teller 2022's Miles Teller content. Mm-hmm, of course. And I'm just ready to bro out. Have you been consuming uh, his wife's TikTok as well? I have, it, yeah. Because that's I've, I've heard there's a lot of Miles Teller content on that uh, yeah. platform as well. I'm about like two weeks ahead on that algorithm than my wife is. So she sees <laughs> the same videos I see, but just later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think goes to show, prove my point, that TikTok knows that I am like in the upper echelon of Miles Teller consumers this year i say you're yeah. like in the top one percent of his fans probably probably yeah yeah i'm a big phillies guy uh, <laughs> or are you just a big <laughs> just a big like dirtbag vibe yeah, kind of yeah. Guy. i don't know i don't know if uh obviously uh we don't have a, a live stream video but eric is wearing uh top gun inspired aviators along with a uh bro tank uh that has the budweiser logo uh across his chest so very much in the mouse teller bro uh sphere or yeah uh yeah yeah i think that's that's exactly right influence <laughs> yeah i am uh i'm in his shadow just for today just for today though and uh i go from shadow to shadow i've i follow wherever the winds take me as far as like actors and actresses to follow well i'm glad that you are taking this so seriously and uh and not seriously at the same time <laughs> no so, i mean it's it's part miles teller it's part like you know the patron saint of uh, Hollywood muscles, Chris Hemsworth, mm. just uh, seeing those two men on screen and just wanting to like live like them. This sort of ties into our season title. Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to drop point. it for us? Yeah. So this this season, season twelve of the Little Lens podcast, we're we're doing a hot boy summer. Um, it's it's hot outside. It's it's June. Um, there's quite a few movies coming out this season that are based on books. Yes. And uh, it kind of just worked out where, you know, sometimes uh, as a hot boy, you just kind of got to read and watch. You got to embrace it. Yeah. We haven't done a season like this. There's no real. The through line is basically us doing cool things. Of course. For you. Um, All the time. Yeah. And we'll get into later what the future will hold. But yeah. 
Um, first, we had to take a ride on a little biplane to the Spiderhead Research Facility. Yes, we did. On a, an island in the middle of some ocean. This It's funny. This episode came together really quick. I think you texted me, I think, last week, maybe yeah. Tuesday or something, um, about this movie. So Spiderhead is, uh, let me go through some fast facts before we get into it here, uh, is a short story called Escape from Spiderhead, written by George Saunders, uh, originally published in The New Yorker in December 2010. And added to the short story collection of his uh, called the 10th of December, published in January 2013, um, and selected in it was the short story collection was selected in the top 10 books of the year for 2013 uh, by the New York Times Book Review and won the Story Prize, which is a highly regarded uh, award for short story collections. Um, and then the movie premiered in Sydney, Australia, on June 11th, 2022, and released on Netflix on Friday, June 17th. Um, and it was directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who just recently released Top Gun uh, Maverick and was also director of Oblivion and then Tron Legacy as well. Uh, the screenplay was written by uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, starring Chris, ugh, starring Chris Hemsworth, Miles Teller, and Journey Smollett. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 44%, Metacritic, 54%. So very middle of the road, not great reviews, but not horrible. I mean, not. I would say maybe bad. Maybe not bad. Yeah. Mediocre. Mediocre. Probably fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah well yeah. yeah so i i've certainly read this collection i've most definitely read this short story and i knew this movie was coming out and i hadn't put it together that they were like based on each other mm-hmm. um and when i figured that out i was like Let, let's do this because mm-hmm. you know with a short story it's way easier just to like pick it up and get it done and we've yeah. started doing short stories more often like murakami yeah. and i guess i guess it's just been murakami um yeah, I think so. Um, so it was like, hey, you know, I don't know what the reviews are, but like, we're giving you some content yeah, pretty quickly okay. to come together. Uh, I'm a big George Saunders guy. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I read the short story, I was like, oh, no, this movie is going to be uh, very strange and possibly not good. Yeah. But we are here nonetheless to talk <laughs> about it with you because this is our this is our lot in life. This is. Um, so let me recap the, the short story. Please briefly um escape from spiderhead tells the story of jeff a felon who instead of spending his time in prison goes to an experimental facility where the leader ray abnesti tests emotion altering drugs on the inmates the setup becomes too much for jeff and he decides to <clears throat> escape from spiderhead uh, the prison industrial complex the moralities of science love life and death feature prominently it's also uh free currently on the new yorker website you don't need it a oh, subscription nice. to look at it and read it it's a pretty breezy read you also might have that collection sitting on your bookshelf you know from holidays almost a decade ago holiday gifts yeah, yeah you just never probably. read it but it was a top 10 book of the year so i'm sure somebody it's out there got this gifted <laughs> uh, and they just never picked it up yeah so, so pick it up pick it up yeah read it um okay Eric, we're going to play a little game called Two Truths, One Lie. We haven't played this in a few uh, episodes because we were doing – our last season was on Pachinko, which was a trilogy uh, on the on that first season. Uh, but now we're back, and I believe Eric is O for, you know, O for not, basically. Acknowledge. <laughs> you ready? Yes. Number one, George Saunders has only written one novel. Number two, Miles Teller was the reason for the breakup between Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley. And then number three, Journey Smollett is the sister of the disgraced actor Jesse Smollett. 
Well, I'm pretty sure I was the reason for the breakup between Aaron Rodgers and Shalene Woodley. <laughs> is so that confirmed? I think uh, I think that one is the, the obvious lie. Uh, so I think famously, George Saunders has only written one novel. He's written other... And by the way, I let you borrow it, and I still don't have it back from you. I so still have it, yep. Thanks, thanks <laughs> for that. I still haven't read it. So. Thanks for uh, putting lemon in that wound. No. <laughs> uh, uh, Lincoln and the Bardo, a couple, couple years ago. Um, I did actually not realize that Journey Smollett was the sister of disgraced actor Jesse, Jesse Smollett until you put this down here, but they look very similar. And so I'm thinking that they probably are. Okay. Interesting. Uh, because I, as I said, was the reason for the breakup between Aaron Rodgers oh, and you're right. Yeah. So that's definitely confirmed. So that, I think that's, that's confirmed <laughs> lie. <laughs> um, you are incorrect. <laughs> what? <laughs> you are not the reason for their breakup. Um, no, but that is the lie though, right? What? Miles Teller was not the reason for the breakup. Correct. Yeah. That's a lie. Of course right, it yeah. is. So I'm right, but I'm just not the reason that's right. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. see what you're doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, Journey Smollett is is the sister of disgraced actor Jesse Smollett. I feel like I figured I had to incorporate that because um, that's her most interesting uh, bit of trivia. Bit of trivia, I guess. Um, but yeah, George Saunders has only written the one novel. The rest are short story collections um some nonfiction stuff or yeah. some like teachable stuff yeah yeah and Craft, I, I think the books. i think the alleged reason for their breakup was actually just aaron Rodgers' ego <laughs> so i did actually i wanted we were talking about this right before uh we got on the air here um i wanted to add that miles teller was in a crazy car accident uh when he was in 2007 however old he was at the time um that i just want to read it out here real quick in 2007, Teller was a passenger in a car that lost control at 80 miles an hour, 130 kilometers per hour for those in, in Europe, and flipped eight times. He was he had multiple scars on his face from the crash. Because I, oh my god, yeah, I I was watching the movie and was reminded of this because I saw the scars on his face. I was like, why the hell does he have these scars on his face? And I was remembered, oh yeah, he has this in like all of his movies. And then we were talking, and you were like, he's in a car accident in almost every movie that he comes out in. So do you want to recap? uh it's it it's at least six like basically i knew five off the top of my head and then there's a movie i hadn't seen that he was in yeah that he was in a car accident rabbit hole which is 2010 spectacular now technically shalane woodley gets hit by a car but he's like with her oh he's in the car happens yeah um that awkward moment which is the zach efron michael b jordan movie he's like running at the end of the movie and gets like hit by a car (laughs) in the sidewalk or as he's like crossing the crosswalk whiplash uh famously like yep. flips his car on the way to his recital but still goes and plays mm-hmm. and then um oh uh i skipped over the boxing movie oh no i'm forgetting yeah blood called. or something or um not in cold blood it's like uh bleed for this bleed for this thank you um where he gets in a car accident and then spiderhead uh yep i suppose spoiler warning ahead yeah but uh a car accident features prom- prominently in his the reason why he is a, an inmate in this facility at all. Yeah. So uh, we have a theory that this is the reason uh, for his exposure therapy to get over his PTSD of being in a car accident. God. I mean, that sounds horrifying. Eight it does sound slips. horrifying. Uh, glad he's okay. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, if you spend any time with Miles Teller at all, this is like a thing that is very evident. Yeah. Which is, um, which is crazy. You know, our, it's kind of interesting, not interesting, 
this Aaron Rodgers, Shalane Woodley. This is like mm-hmm. one of the most talked about topics in like our group threads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that. You're welcome. There. Yeah, you know, I figured that people needed to know. The Little Lens listeners should know a little bit about of a little <laughs> bit about our interest outside of the. We podcast. are breaking uh, news here that Eric was actually the reason yes. for the breakup. So FYI, don't tell anybody. Don't tell us <laughs> weekly. Don't tell TMZ. Yeah, please. Um, cool. So you got it right, but for the wrong reason. Um, so congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. This episode of the little ends podcast is brought to you by the mothers against miles teller driving at mothers against miles teller driving. We're committed to our mission to not let our sons and daughters get into a motor vehicle with miles teller as car accidents and his films are as common an occurrence on screen as Brad Pitt eating rabbit hole, the spectacular. Now that awkward moment, Whiplash, and now Spiderhead are just several examples of Miles Teller-led films where a car accident is a key plot point, and that's too much for the mothers of this world to take. Mothers Against Miles Teller Driving. Let's get Miles Teller off the road. And welcome back. Thank you from that brief word from our sponsor, Mothers Against Miles Teller Driving. Uh, big supporters of the podcast, um, and you know they're spreading a great message, and we just want to make sure that you know people are aware of it. It's crazy, like how many companies there are you like never hear about until they advertise on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of companies out there. You yeah, know, they need exposure, so yeah, we're here to provide that for them. But with that said, let's get into the book, or excuse me, the short story, Escape from Spiderhead. So, Eric, first question for you: Escape from Spiderhead. Why adapt something like this into a movie? It's an interesting question because when you read the story, it's it's very George Saundersy, which is, you know, it's goofy, it's a little weird, but at the heart of it, there are these like big topics, whether it's like you know, text overreach, drugs, um, incarceration, that he is like dealing with here, but it's all under this like you know, auspice of humor, so we'll talk about it more but that's sort of like the hardest thing about this is the tonality is like so uh contrasting where it's like it wants to be funny but it also wants to be like very serious and so you like look at that and you think like well that's fucking hard Mm -hmm. nobody can do that um so for that reason i would it would this would be a very hard thing to do however there are obviously like two really one good role jeff um and there's, you know, an interesting, there, there are interesting things to try to dig into because I think the story doesn't go as far as like a, a film could. Um, so that's, so that's all to say, like, there is like the undercurrent of an idea that you could mine for a film. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's obvious. The tonality is weird. And if you try to keep that, you might run into trouble. Mm-hmm. So do you eject it? We'll talk about that in a second. Um, third, like, you know, Hollywood is kind of like has recognized short stories as a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen King, his stuff, Murakami, his stuff. Mm-hmm. George Saunders is one of the like top American short story like authors currently. So he's got a whole bag full of stories. Like let's, mm-hmm. let's dig in. Let's get the IP. I, let's do it. Yeah. I'm all for it. Um, it's I'm, an interesting story. I don't know. I've never read George Saunders. I tried reading uh, the book that he let me borrow that I still am in possession of, and I will probably never return. 
uh, Lincoln and the Bardo. Uh, and it's odd. It's different. It's it's not a short story, so it's different than what we're reading now. Um, but this is certainly an interesting story that um, it certainly would be an, an interesting uh, endeavor into creating an adaptation for. Yeah. Well, let's get into it because it's kind of hard to like talk about it generally mm-hmm. just because – I don't know. It's hard to explain – it's hard to explain why without explaining what. It's pretty unique. It's not really. It's hard to relate to as well. Yeah, yeah. So, what parts were you excited to see adapted, or do you want to just get into like how do we adapt this? What? Let's do both. So, okay. for me, I I think that the tone was going to be the hardest thing, uh, because it is just like it's comedic. It's comedic. It's over the top. It's goofy. It's weird. It's mm-hmm. silly. Um, but also. At the end, spoiler alert of the story, Jeff commits suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, he like faced with the reality that he led to the death of a second person in his life. Like it's too much for him, and he commits suicide. And that's the you know escaping from Spiderhead mm-hmm. as referenced. Um, he, he just like can't deal with inflicting that much pain onto another person again. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're doing in this facility is testing uh a drug yeah testing inmates testing drugs on inmates and here specifically they're looking for a drug that can help people like learn to love or unlove Mm -hmm. another person yeah which would help them in a whole like mix of uses according to amnesty um and that's sort of like the purpose of it so you know i think most of the most of the story jeff is like having sex with these two women Mm mm-hmm and then those women are having sex with him and another guy and there's two like, other guys two other guys and there's like clinical trials about like do you still love this person do you want me to like give him this thing called the darken flocks mm-hmm. which basically makes you feel i think they say like the worst you've ever felt times 10 yeah it's like a horrible horrible like cocktail mm-hmm. of pain um and they're basically measuring their levels of love and affection for these people can they turn it off and on does it work as like a you know as part of a clinical trial kind yeah. of thing yeah and it's like ridiculous it is ridiculous um but it's also like very serious because it is like you're giving these people this like drug that one uh heather in the story like kills herself mm-hmm. on like with dark and flocks in her veins yeah so it's it's very dark obviously jeff commits suicide as well mm-hmm. so it's very dark but it's also like very funny and very juvenile is not the right word maybe a little like sophomoric i was just it, like yeah. we're just you know fucking like bunnies is a line from the story right <laughs> yeah so it's yeah. just it's yeah so for me like as a movie that those tonalities are like very conflicting mm-hmm. because how can you i think it's hard to be serious while also being funny you can be serious while being entertaining and being light but this level of funny is almost like it almost is like crumbles the house of cards that you're trying to build. Yeah. And I think there are certain people that can do this kind of thing. Like actors specifically like Chris Hemsworth is, is good at being funny and serious. Miles Teller, I think less so it's, it's sort of like we talked about Matthew McConaughey as sort of like a, a comp here, someone who can do this kind of thing, like Mm -hmm. turn it on, but also be like a very engaging, funny presence. I, I sort of think like Ryan Reynolds is the like God mm-hmm. of this kind of thing mm-hmm. where he is like zany, but also 
there's like a tenderness and like a like a dadness or like a humanness about him mm-hmm. that can work. I just think it's really hard and trying to do this is is like is a huge swing and it's also I think the place where it, it's the most obvious the most obvious miss is is because of like trying to thread the needle strike the tone yeah yeah it's a it's a light-hearted dark comedy if you will um that is serious at times um and absurd at times and like you said it's very difficult to strike that balance and i agree with you the fact that like you need certain actors to pull this off certain directors even um I don't know. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like a Ben Stiller, um, kind of somebody who's like kind of dumb and oblivious as well as somebody like Ryan Reynolds, who was like kind of the mastermind behind all this stuff. Um, or even like, uh, who's the guy that directed the big short? Um, Oh, Adam McKay. Yeah. Something like that. Like where like Steven Soderbergh maybe doing this too. Um, and we'll get into, you know, how they, how well or how poor they did uh, later on. But yeah, it's, it's this interesting story um science fiction story about these inmates who are uh you know basically uh, drug tr- trial participants um and you know we can get into sort of the uh <clears throat> the scenarios in which they administer these drugs and how absurd they are and whether they make sense or not um uh but yeah it's it's just sort of a you're you're sort of buying into this world and buying into this ride and um there's sort of a at the end of it there's sort of this like uh not not a lesson but sort of a stance that that george saunders takes on people who are incarcerated and whether they're actually bad people or not and blah 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 um but yeah i don't know did you did you enjoy reading it i did i'm a i'm a saunders guy so I'm, i'm definitely in the bag for him i i kind of like and i think it I kind of like stories that are like this, especially like written because Mm -hmm. I think for me, the like size of the world is small enough for it to make sense. Like one of the troubles, well, I'll save it, but I think the size here is enough for like you to get a sense of what's happening and get that. It's like going for something Mm -hmm. like weird without having to acknowledge acknowledge the like, (laughs) like the larger realities of the world Mm -hmm. like once you start thinking like okay well yeah you're just gonna help this person like love or unlove like that's fine and then we'll just like move on from that but once you like okay well you know we need to administer it the boss says that you know we the trials like aren't as you know productive or as like the scientific method wasn't followed here i need you to do this a little bit differently right and now you know once the world like starts to bubble out I think the premise can collapse a little bit because yeah. you just start to ask questions that I don't think the story can quite handle. Yeah. But I think it's at its current size with its current, like George Saunders-ness. Um, I like it. I don't think it's like the best thing he's ever written. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like that. It is ultimately a story about like this one person, Jeff, who, has feelings of pain and regret and shame and through these circumstances comes to terms with what he's done with his life is he a bad person uh how can he stop being a bad person Mm -hmm. how can he like limit the negative effects that he like 
produces on society or on people. I don't know. It's heavy, but I think the story does have like pretty large personality that like, comes with it. Like mm-hmm. you can definitely feel there's definitely a vibe. You For know sure. what I mean? And I, I don't know. I sort of appreciate stories that have personalities behind them. Yeah. I mean, this one definitely does. And I actually uh, started reading the whole short story collection and the first, I think there's two or three that are before this and I just could not get into those at all. Um, I think there's even one about a, like a, it's almost like an email about trying to uh, encourage employees to do better (laughs) essentially, which is kind of funny. Um, But this one certainly stuck out from, from the rest that I read there Um, just because it, like you said, has a personality. It's interesting um it has like sort of relatable characters and it sort of unravels the context as you go along which is helpful i think it sort of keeps you um engaged in the story um it has something to say at the end um which i thought was interesting because he kills himself by uh thrusting his head into the corner of Abnessi's desk until he dies and then he's literally being risen to heaven yeah and he sees you know all these other uh, inmates essentially who are hanging out and then i think he is asked by god uh, essentially do you want to go back it seems like your body is still intact yeah uh and he's like no i'm good i just I've, I've done enough or something like that um which is sort of like a you know it's kind of a beautiful ending uh to this to this sort of weird and uh odd story yeah and that was another thing i mean there are like two points we you you were excited to see it adapted was is like the for me the ending it's not very Hollywood to have the main, like it's not like mainstream yeah, money yeah. to Hollywood to have the main character commit suicide. Right. That's right, not, right. that's not the hero's journey. <laughs> yeah. And so like how to tackle the quote unquote escape from spider head. Yeah. I think was a question that I had going in. Yeah. Um, what is the selling point? Would you say for maybe selling this to a studio <sighs> without anybody attached? Like, Hey, I, I found this real interesting story by George Saunders like, how do you sell this to, I don't even know who Netflix. the production company was. Yeah, Netflix, I guess. It, it was also, I think it was produced by The New Yorker. I think yeah, you're right, the it was. New Yorker Studios yeah. were a part of it. Um, get your money, you know. <laughs> Short Story Factory, why not take a piece? Yeah, seriously. Um, I suppose it's the questions of morality. and I mean, this is the, like, you know, the hokey pokey answer. But I think that's like the questions of morality around uh, what you can and can't do with prisoners and like how far is too far when you're trying to help like other people. Like how much can you do to a single person knowing that ultimately the benefit might be felt by like a greater audience? Mm-hmm. Like how far, how far will you go for the greater good? It's yeah. sort of like, you could see that being written on the poster for yeah, this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, would you give someone the darkened flax if it meant that everyone, no one else ever would have to take the darkened flax? Which is like, so this is my problem with this. It's story. also very Saunders-y. Like the darkened flax is like the worst thing that you can do, but it's called the darkened flax and it's kind of funny. Yeah, it is kind of funny. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. My issue with the, with the, I don't see the relevance or the, connection between giving somebody the darkened box to prove uh to prove a point scientifically or to prove the point that they're trying to prove scientifically so basically 
they give i forget the name of the drug but they give them both this uh enhancing experience ex, whatever experiential enhancing drug um where they both uh have sex and they fall in love with each other uh, and then the drug wears off and then they basically are just acquaintances um and then he does uh jeff's character does does this with another woman um same same thing happens they both fall in love and then they sort of become acquaintances once the drug wears off and then he's brought in to essentially uh give one of them the darkened flock so they're both sitting in this test room um and he's like Abnessi's like okay which one do you want to give the darkened flocks and he's like i don't want to give either of them because i know how bad it is and i was thinking like why it doesn't really make sense to me why they're giving them the darkened flocks here like why is that the measure of your affection for somebody yeah like it doesn't really i mean i get this is a totally fictional story but everything but like that part stood to me like this doesn't add up like why <laughs> like this is incredibly sinister and over the top but like not there would be no world where this would ever be like a measure for loving one over the other kind of thing um because you know you could like measure his heart rate or other things yeah. to test how he feels about somebody. yeah I don't giving know. somebody an incredibly painful uh drug is is not like th- a, a realistic measurement for yeah. yeah they also have like a truth serum in here right so verbalus yeah you could you could just give him a truth serum and be like are you attracted to this person yeah are you attracted do to you this feel person? love for this person yeah yeah and that way you would know without it like a shadow of the doubt that yes obviously the dark and flocks is you know you have to have it because that's what the story like yeah wants um another question is just like why why do you pick jeff if he has a history taking darken flocks because he's the mm. like the one person who knows yeah it's ill effects and so right. he independent of like affection knows how much it sucks yeah and how like how little he wants to give it to somebody else yeah so he's sort of like the worst person to be that right arbiter because he like doesn't care but also he he's the one who knows yeah what actually would happen yeah so this is like why it's i'm not quite sure if it's like not well thought out storytelling because i feel like you need to sort of think these things through in order to make it more impactful and more effective as a storytelling piece right or is it because he leaves the ascend because it's so absurd and so um outrageous and dumb essentially and sophomoric is that why you keep it in to sort of not make sense and just be evil and dumb do you know what i mean yeah i suppose it's like maybe it's just it's like metaphorical to the sense that like the darkened flocks is just like evil and darkness itself mm-hmm. like will you will you give somebody all the darkness in the world if it means that everyone else can have light and it's mm-hmm. just it's sort of like a decision that one person like it's narrowly narrowly made like one person has to make this impossible to make decision mm-hmm. yeah um and then at the end you know he ascends up to the heavens where like god or a god or whatever it is yeah. is the actual like hey well you weren't you weren't that bad you you can come on up here <laughs> or you can stay down there i, I mean you know it's kind of up to you yeah yeah um i think it, in that respect the suicide makes sense right like he doesn't want to administer this crazy horrible drug so he eventually kills himself if that's where you're trying to get to, I think I understand why you have 
this incredibly horrible drug that you have to administer, administer to somebody. So that's why you kill yourself to sort of take yourself out of that situation. It sort of seems like a suicide drug where everyone yeah, who takes of. it basically yeah. kills, kills themselves. I mean, uh, Heather or whoever the uh, yeah, first... Yeah, it is Heather. Uh, Heather, yeah. So she died from it. So I don't know. I just... My issue is with is with that. And like that doesn't... I don't buy that. It doesn't make sense for me. And I feel like if you're making a story like this, you kind of... I don't know. It, it, it just... The story serves better if that connection makes sense right it's sort of like the absurdity is knocking against the door of reality mm-hmm. and i think in our uh, recent hollywood recent like writing is so like realism is kind of the thing mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. that we're so conditioned to be like well what's this connection point what's that connection point like well how does that affect this and it if you let it which i did it sounds like you did too like yeah. it the, the unreality of it cheapens and like sours the absurd yeah in a way yeah i mean i think the you have to like kind of break down the motivations of each character right and that the author has to tell those right or at least explains some aspect of them to the reader and then there has to be some sort of motivation behind the study right but then there has to be like some sort of motivation behind each decision made in the study. It has to sort of relate back to the overarching theme of we want everyone to feel love or not feel love, essentially, uh, which is an interesting topic in and of itself. But doing it this way, I don't know. It it just cheapened the story a bit for me. So let's leave it there and talk about the movie because I feel okay. like the movie has this same problem, but like times many more digits (laughs) (laughs) okay um cool so that is it for the literature section we are going to take a quick break uh, and we will be right back hello again sorry i'm late mr abnesty not late at all let's fight her we're proud of our work your presence in this facility while technically a punishment is a privilege. Where have you been? Drug study. In science, we have to explore the unknown. They've been testing me up and down. A lot weirder stuff than usual. This is new frontier stuff here. Before we begin, I need your permission to administer Dan 40. This place can really mess with your head. Drip on. Acknowledge. Drip on. Acknowledge. Acknowledge. Yeah, acknowledge. Let's do this. about crossing lines was a lot of lines ago. Our work will save lives. Not just one life, many lives. We're making the world a better place. What you want is redemption. And this is how you're gonna find it. We're selling peace and harmony itself. people get away with too much and I say that having benefited myself from time to time 
and we are back um thank you for listening to the spider trailer there um so before we get into the differences between the book and or excuse me the short story in the movie uh we're gonna dive into a little segment we love here called eric learns or something eric after you this short story was written by a writer named george saunders and while you know some people might know george saunders not everyone uh knows george saunders so i thought i would take some time to just uh let the the folks at, no, at home uh know a little bit more about george saunders so he is a author from texas and he is primarily famous as you mentioned earlier uh as a short story writer he's produced four collections and a single novel and won numerous awards he's often considered to be the spiritual successor to kurt vonnegut for his tone which hmm. kind of bridges the gap between tragedy and comedy his writing, if you've read any of it, is is funny, it's dry, it's quirky, it's absurd, and it features a whole barrels full of made up proper nouns. In this story, there's you know Moby Packs, Darken Flocks, um, all these different serums get their own names, and mm-hmm. they're all equally like goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think often the mood in his stories is very light and airy, but there are often um, crit- cultural and critical critiques in his writing, especially against consumerism and you know the creeping influence of corporate stink um so he 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 likes to hide his like i think bigger undercurrents of truth um against comedy interesting um and i think like truly great writers there's no mistaking a saunders sentence for anything else so that's why i ride with him and that's why uh you should ride with him as well so that's uh that's george saunders interesting i've never heard um that spiritual successor of Kurt Vonnegut, but I think I can definitely see that and just reading a few of his stories here. Um, cool. So if you're not riding with him, ride with him or, you know, or not. Well, you should though. Yeah. <laughs> Go read a book. Go read a damn book. Yeah. Um, how many of these have you read? I have read, I've read Lincoln. I've read civil war past pastoralia in 10th of December. I've not read that there's one called in persuasion nation, mm-hmm. which I have not read and was not aware of, but I might go check that out. There you go. Are you going to get a, are you going to buy it? Or are you going to do the library thing? Uh, good question. I'll probably, I'll probably start with the library uh, and then if I like it, I'll buy cop it. it. Yeah. All right. I got Lincoln in the Bardo, which I need to back from you. Will. And then, <laughs> um, I need to read it first. I bought, I think I bought on my Kindle. He ha- his most recent is like a nonfiction crafty book oh, called okay. um, a swim in a swim in the rain in a pond, something like that. Mm. I can't remember, but it he basically like analyzes five Russian short stories. Oh, interesting! So it's like a four hundred page book, but it's like very craft heavy. Interested or like just critiquing the writing? Yeah, he's a he's a professor of creative writing at Syracuse, and I think he's been doing that for like 20 years oh so he's a craft focused guy isn't syracuse like one of the um one of those prestige creative writing programs or am i thinking of something else you think of iowa oh maybe it's iowa it's like one of those random midwest yeah iowa uh, iowa's writer iowa writers workshop is like the I don't know, like the Rolls Royce of is it really mfas i suppose i don't know if that's the exact it's like one of the top gotcha mfas um so i'm sure syracuse is good because saunders is there i yeah. feel like a lot of people when they look for mba mfa not mba mfas go 
to programs where they like are taught go to programs taught by writers they admire yeah it's it's interesting i I feel like writing programs are actually not great in big cities like new york they're actually better um because maybe like really good authors don't actually live once they become successful they don't live in these big cities anymore uh that's just sort of my probably uninformed opinion (laughs) on that or like my uh like understanding of it is that like accurate at all i think it probably depends new york i mean like nyu and columbia i think have really pretty good programs but also i think new york in particular is unique because a ton of writers live there yeah um but otherwise yeah i i mean getting an mfa basically sets you up to be a creative writing professor so the like job prospects are what they are it's really more of a tool to like meet people and meet publishers Mm -hmm. and have time to write your manuscript Mm -hmm. so if you aren't going to make a lot of money from your mfa and are spending all your day like (laughs) writing um maybe going to new york city where it's really expensive is not not the choice for you so find that nice college town with the like cheaper rents and then not have to hold two jobs or whatever yeah yeah yeah. kind of thing interesting yeah okay mfas there you go i don't have one but you know (laughs) you might want one i don't know (laughs) so listen to us all right so movie how would you describe the adaptation literal loose or reimagined i think uh much like george saunders writing this is a loosey-goosey it is the setup is 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 pretty much the same right Mm -hmm. um but there are enough differences enough additions enough subtractions Mm -hmm. that i uh i think i'm gonna call this loose i would agree with you yeah um yeah i'm not gonna debate on that i think it was like just exactly like you said it um so let's get into them yeah so uh differences the reason uh for jeff being in jail uh so there are a couple differences here between the book and uh i'm sorry the short story in the movie in the short story uh it goes that jeff was uh i think it was outside of a party he was drunk uh and him and uh, a buddy of his were kind of like wrestling i think it was like kind of like like fake fighting sort of because they were buddies and um jeff is a bigger guy his friend is a smaller guy um so it was expected of jeff to sort of dominate his buddy i think it was uh was it mark apple i can't remember his name um something like that i think that's right i think mike apple mike apple um so but mike his friend uh actually takes him down and uh pins him down and sort of dominates him and uh, Jeff, his ego is left in, in shatters and, uh, in a moment of vulnerability and, um, embarrassment, he grabs a brick nearby and bangs his buddy on the head with it. Uh, in a moment of embarrassment, he, <laughs> he smashes his head with a brick in a moment of you gotta be, you gotta be <laughs> fucking an undercurrent of tr- like traumatic. I don't know. You have to be sensitive to the ego, Eric. Okay. And he kills his friend, Mike Apple. Uh, is it, he dies. Or is, is this, he, this is you coma? like explaining white men's behavior to the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. in a moment of just his, his worst moment, he commits a, a murder. It's all about perspective. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he commits a murder and uh, goes to jail. And uh, in the movie, it's a little bit different. He's at a, although re- relatively similar, uh, he's at a, a party, um, with some friends and uh i actually don't know where they're going but him and uh his buddy get in a car and it's revealed later that his girlfriend gets in the car as well um 
So they are off driving somewhere and he's going fast down this country road and uh, sort of loses control and runs into a tree. And um, he flies through the windshield because he's a driver and his buddy, he, you know, runs back to the car and it realizes buddy is like unconscious. And uh, it's revealed later in the movie and we'll explain why in a bit uh, that his girlfriend was in the back seat and she is conscious. um, But as he's about to pull her out, the car explodes. So they both die and he goes to jail for, I think, whatever double involuntary manslaughter. manslaughter yeah. Um, and yeah, so the important, um, the importance of these differences is that um, the first one is not very sympathetic. Um, I think the second one is a lot more sympathetic. It's also a lot more devastating in the movie because his girlfriend is involved. Um, so do you want to? I think that's exactly right. You feel bad for him in the movie is an accident and i think uh that allows you to see miles teller as like a broken person and mm-hmm. not like a bad person yeah which the movie needs you to believe for the rest of like the the plot to to work yeah um i think that's i, th- I think that's just the short of it really mm-hmm. honestly it's just like if he murders a guy with a brick then like fuck him. Why? Do, who yeah, cares like, that he's like in a drug trial in a prison? Like he should, know, he he's should be in prison. I, th- I think. I mean, obviously, like drunk driving is is something that your mileage may vary with. Yeah. Um. But certainly, like the way it's portrayed is an accident, and you know he probably shouldn't have been driving. Probably shouldn't yeah. have been driving really fast. Right. Right. Um. But you know, it's a little more. It's more sympathetic than. Yeah, beating somebody over the head with a brick. Yeah, yeah. I like what you did there with mileage uh, being a little more variable. Would you say? Yeah, your mileage may vary. Yeah, that's <laughs> like a car that. thing. <laughs> I like what you did there. All um, I do before the, these episodes is write down like little one-liners <laughs> like that. I like that. Um, yeah. So those are the two important things, and, and we should explain for those who haven't uh, seen it yet, or maybe who have. Um, there are these things in the uh, facility called Free Fridays, where you can sort of take mm-hmm. off and call people and do whatever you want i think so he uh it's revealed that miles teller's character jeff calls his uh ex basically yeah. his ex-girlfriend um and he gets a voicemail and he leaves her a message uh and then it's revealed later on that she you know you know we assume basically from that scene that she's still alive but she's obviously moved on she's yeah. not gonna answer his call but we realize that she's dead so it's a lot more devastating for him um and still making that call and stuff so yeah, I, w- I wrote this down in my notes for the movie, but his Free Friday... So the, what, the Spiderhead facility in the movie takes place in like a Hawaiian island or yeah. in a crazy, like beautiful beautiful location. Yeah. And his Free Friday, I don't, I, wrote, I thought this was hilarious, is like on top of like a rock formation. Oh, man. Like looking above the facility and it's like shot in like with like Michael Bay's yeah, like yeah, yeah. personal drone in like a 360. Like, oh, devastating. But it's like contrasted with like these crazy visual it's it's a ridiculous I, to me it was like kind of ridiculous it was very ridiculous i actually noticed this as well and it did it was completely out of place yeah it looked like a michael you're right it looked like a michael bay like you know uh after somebody had just been through this crazy crash experience or something and was like contemplating everything yeah <laughs> but it was more of like a vulnerable like totally moment. off yeah. Very off yeah it was totally off so um so that's one difference uh, another difference was the romantic interest that appears in the movie, uh, journey Smollett's character, um, her and, uh, Jeff Miles Heller 
are basically on snack duty. So they basically cook and provide snacks and food to the other, uh, you know, quote unquote inmates in this facility. Whereas uh, this character actually didn't ex- exist in uh, the short story. Yeah. This is another, I think another way the movie tries to humanize people and, you know, it, it's trying to humanize the inmates mm-hmm. um, I, for some context in the, in the story, the inmates don't like mill around together. They basically come from their room to like the bigger room where, you know, it's like a leg in the spider and the spider head is where Abnesti sits. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, administers drugs to them, but then they go back to their room alone and they don't really interact other than for you know, however long they are being observed mm-hmm. here. They get to mill around together. And so obviously you're going to talk to people that mm-hmm. you're with like forever. Um, and so this relationship forms just because they're on similar wavelengths and they, you know, work together all the time. Um, but it allows you to see Jeff, Miles Teller's character, at least show some vulnerability. And it's like through her that he evolves as a person. Like he's able to move on from his like dead girlfriend mm-hmm. and he is able to tell her like why he's in there. I think for a lot of these people, their past is a secret that they like to keep secret like at a certain point lizzie is like nobody knows why i'm in here to mm-hmm. nesty um he's like no of course not it's a, something that he can hang over them like whenever yeah. i want i can tell people why you're in here and yeah. all of a sudden people's perception of you will change miles teller with or jeff with lizzie like feels close enough to her to share that he did like drunk drive and kill his two friends um and so i think her presence is more for him to grow as all great mm-hmm. like female roles in movies <laughs> are is to help the the lead man of like course. be be better as a man <laughs> so um sarcasm sarcasm yeah oh, sarcasm yeah she has she does have her moment where she reveals like what she did to get in this oh, facility man, yeah and it's like it's pretty bad it's pretty i mean you could talk about it and yeah. spoiler alert in this yeah. entire movie section but she leaves her nine-month-old baby in a hot car while she goes to work goes to work for three hours and then comes back and obviously the baby is is dead mm-hmm. um and it's it's interesting for a bunch of different reasons but it's like these are not the same crimes like but they're both in this facility together uh like that's a really fucked up thing to do obviously drunk driving is bad but it's like killing a killing a baby for complete negligence yeah part of the part of the plot requires miles teller to like be in love with her no matter what Mm -hmm. and the reveal is meant to like test his confidence in her as a love interest and he's like yeah i don't i mean whatever you did before this was pass and then it's like yeah well i killed my baby and uh (laughs) you know i'm I'm irredeemable but he still loves her it's sort of it's sort of yeah i mean I, i think she does a great job actually the actress of like making her situation uh sympathetic because like it's a very unsympathetic crime to commit also it's very unrealistic for that i feel like for that babies have been left in cars before um i don't know i just feel like it's a very unrealistic uh crime to occur oh you think it was like a dumb like a dumb yeah and it's it's almost like she needs a tesla just like you know have the air you know (laughs) have those big screens that are like no my car's on like don't worry about the dog yeah have you seen these? Oh, yes. I have seen these. Yeah. But she works at Walmart, so she can't afford a Tesla. Oh, does she? Is that right? I okay. think that's where it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, and also, like, from a story perspective, I would imagine that 
once that is revealed, there are plenty of audience members who just immediately t- are turned off from this character and are like, fuck her, basically, right? Like, there's almost no, irre- ir- there's no irredeemable thing here. Why not, why not have it be she, she murdered her former husband who was abusive? Like, why not just do something like that? I think you, I think everyone needs to be a little bit bad. Like, they need to have a, yeah, I don't, I don't think she, cause that's like, somewhat heroic in a like a, mm. a kind of twisted yeah. way i think everyone needs to be a little bit bad because it was kind of funny when you're talking i was like well you on all these episodes are actually like the one who talks about like empathizing and sympathizing with yeah characters and this movie is must be like the hardest like one of the hardest experiences for you because like everyone kind of sucks yeah a little bit everyone's kind of hard to root for but yet they're all the like the, the ostensibly the heroes in the movie yeah so this is like like a, a test to be like how how bad is too bad can you like get over some of the like past things yeah i mean i could i can certainly sympathize with like miles teller's situation in the movie jeff's uh situation um i he i think he does well in in the fact that he expresses a lot of remorse throughout the movie like he's a pretty um uh, it's a pretty somber yeah. character that yeah. he plays so like i i certainly feel for him in the sense like he obviously feels guilt right like it's obviously a dumb very dumb thing to do and like very bad situation but every friday he calls his ex until our inbox gets full so you yeah, yeah obviously he's like very contrite yeah and um we don't know much about uh lizzie's character until obviously the very end um which i mean i could not really empathize with that i mean i just there's no situation where I mean, me personally, I would ever feel like I would, I don't have a kid, but it's like, if I did have a kid, I wouldn't forget that I put them in the car as I went to work. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like even on the worst day that I was having, I don't imagine that would ever cross my mind. So like the fact that she did that or her character did that, I, I, I like immediately just disconnected. Um, although she, you know, the, the act, actress did a very good job of like, portraying it was an emotional sympathy. scene yeah um so yeah i had a, I had a harder time with her than i did with uh, moss moss teller yeah but. yeah i mean and I, I think the like lack of feeling towards her like automatically hurts the movie because you're supposed to believe in this relationship between the two of them yeah and i guess it's different when you're like in spider head and you can form this relationship that's sort of like outside of the world yeah and what happened in the world maybe doesn't matter that much it's not i it's that's a generous like reading yeah. uh, like i don't think the movie thinks that or like wants you to think that necessarily it's just mm-hmm. sort of like you know i don't care like yeah we're all you're bad i'm bad we're bad together yeah we're bonnie and clyde uh, yeah I, I don't i just don't think it's like deep enough to make you have that reading yeah i just wish that wasn't the crime that she committed like have it be anything else like that's such an unsympathetic like you you're never going to get sympathy from somebody who did that you yeah know what i mean and we also don't know what anybody else did like in in the movie i don't think um i'm like, trying to think if they revealed what was it rogan or ray the big guy who was tatted i think it was rogan i don't oh yes it was like a yeah 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 um miles teller talks about it it was like a triple murder right oh, that's right oh yeah so that story actually replaced heather's story yes in the in the short story yeah so i i can't remember he was in rehab rehab refresh yep and then he yeah committed he killed a he bunch killed of his like d- 
dealer, his dealer's sister and dealer's sister's boyfriend, something like husband, that. something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. He's like this big tatted up dude. And so he looks, I guess, like the most murderous yeah, of definitely. all the people in there. <laughs> definitely. Um, so I, gu- I guess you do get a sense that like some, some people in here committed murders. Some mm-hmm. people committed double manslaughter. Some people, I think hers was probably also a manslaughter for being like technical about it. Yeah. Like a negligent accidental. Right. Yeah. So maybe the, maybe it's like the idea that it's like accidental enough, which we just talked about Jeff, like because it's an accident, it's sort of, sort of okay with her. Maybe because it's an accident, it's also sort of okay. It's just like a tough accident to, to deal with. And yeah. ultimately, I think that like her role, while made up, is just to uh, allow Jeff. I don't know if you agree with this, but just allow Jeff to feel like more vulnerable. Mm, yeah, and it's sort of like a um, she has like a get me over the hump role. Like we need you here for a couple scenes so that this guy can get to his like conclusion. Yeah, yeah. And the love story I thought was like cute and fine, and they ha- have chemistry, but um, it gives him hope yeah at the end right like that's sort of the opposite of what well i mean you could argue the short story there's hope at the end of that as well in a very different light um after he commits suicide but i don't know i thought there there was beauty in him committing suicide for the other person um and i i don't know like why can't you just show that why couldn't they just have that as the in a movie because it's not it's it's passive it's like his choice is to like remove his choice you know what I mean? I see what you're saying. And well, it, I liked it in the story better than, you know, a, a fight against Chris Hemsworth. But uh, <laughs> I think like if this is a Hollywood movie, like I guess Miles Teller needs to punch Chris Hemsworth or whatever it is. Yeah. Like he needs to fucking escape from Spiderhead with his yeah. fists. Yeah, yeah. And with his like brains and not be passive and be like my choice is not to make any choice mm-hmm. um on this like topic of lizzie mm-hmm. um one of the differences i just wanted to to maybe talk through or just mention yeah w- was this idea that uh all these people like mill around together which <laughs> to your point earlier about like the scientific the like stupid scientificness of all of it uh-huh. seems the dumbest because these people are allowed to create relationships with each other. Right. And so when they go into the like observable room, he knows her. Yeah. She knows him. They're like eating lunch together in the cafeteria. And they're talking about the study. Yeah. That throws off the entire purpose yeah. of like, you know, making, making you love this person or making you like feel normally about this person mm-hmm. because you've developed a relationship with them. Yeah. You're like throwing in. Yeah. That's where's the control? <laughs> you know, there's no control to this. Study. That's actually a great point. Um, yeah. And so I just because I had read the story and was watching the movie, this as soon as they started like talking to each other, I was like, "Fuck, this is like she's gonna go get dark and flock, or yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's gonna be her that he has to flocks." Yeah, yeah. And that's how this movie's gonna end. You know what would be funny is I don't know if you've ever seen these like GQ or Variety uh, like YouTube videos where like experts in like crime, like former criminals mm. or like uh, experts in whatever area we'll sort of break down movie scenes and talk about like the reality or like how real it is. Basically. I would love to see like a scientist, like break down the methods. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like this is absolutely, this would absolutely never happen. Like this is dumb as shit. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. the architect of the dumb shit is a little guy named Steve Abnesti. Yes. Uh, name changed from the story when he was Ray for, you know, <laughs> reasons we discussed in our Solaris episode when George Clooney's character goes from, chris to chris but just with k instead yeah, of yeah, c yeah. 
Oh, that was cool. It's very creative. Yeah. So he gets a huge glow up in this movie. Definitely. Um, it is a reveal. Well, I guess we should say. So he's he's the one administering the study. Mm-hmm. Um, he works in the spider head. He has an assistant. They are trying to figure out this like same love drug. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is revealed over the course of the movie that he's more than just like a scientist. He actually like runs a pharmaceutical company mm-hmm. and he's, I guess they already knew he was running drug trials, but it's like for his own personal benefit yeah, and not for science. Yeah. So he's a bad guy. He is a bad guy. Um, he also abuses his own drugs. Yeah. I thought that was kind of, <laughs> that was kind of weird. It was kind of weird. Yeah. So uh, unlike in the story, Amnesty in the movie has his own like Moby pack attached to his back where he can give himself whatever levels of drugs yeah. he wants. Yeah. feels like they do that, like, you know, to unwind after the day, they give himself a little yeah. happiness instead of beer or whatever. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, it creates issues for him because, you know, who would want an accidental dose of Darkenflox or whatever oh my God, yeah. in your system? Yeah. So that that is one key difference. I mean, he, it also uh, creates a difference for Jeff's character where he is, he is confined in both stories, but he actually has the ability to leave in the movie. It's revealed that his sentence, quote unquote, ended like six weeks prior or something like that, right? Um, so he could have left at any time, but obviously that wasn't made known to him. He thought it was there forever. He also thought it was a jail, um, but it wasn't. So there's that difference as well. Um, but did you, did you, speaking of Ebnesty, did you like his character? Did you like chris hemsworth i uh so i th- i think amnesty in some ways is like the hardest but also the easiest character to play because he's the evil guy so he can you know, quote unquote evil whatever mm-hmm. he can he can be weird and testy and goofy and also like hyper intelligent and going after what he wants mm-hmm. and that's just sort of his like personality i guess i don't know it, i think it's easier for me to to like buy into what he's doing um because like you know i I think like whatever tech people those like theranos Mm. elizabeth holmes types are all kind of weird and on like different wavelengths than the rest of the world so i think you can see some sort of like reality within him Mm -hmm. and he's more normal in that sense yeah i buy it i think that i think the tone chris hemsworth is actually pretty good at yeah yeah he can be funny obviously the like charmingness of him yeah is probably the most effective part of it where yeah. it's like it's chris hemsworth and so you're, he just like smiles and winks and and you're like oh yeah he like tells you to do something and you're like yeah yeah it's acknowledged sure. yeah <laughs> obviously i think i think his like power and charisma is is like perfectly suited for somebody like this yeah i agree um it's a little bit wasted because it's you know i don't think the movie is like benefits tre- tremendous, but yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, so I, I know you want to talk about like what he's trying to do is like figure out all these combinations of drugs mm-hmm. and not to give away the twist just yet, but he, in doing by in doing so, he is basically like filling out this like bingo board he has um, with gold stars. And so every yeah. time he figures out the right, like cocktail, he gives himself a gold star. And so your question earlier was like, why the fuck does he have this bingo board? Yeah. Um, and it's revealed also later on that he, was and there was this very strange scene where him and miles teller's jeff 
are like pl- like together right one night and they're oh, both yeah. taking like a dose of n40 laffodil right yeah and they are telling he's like tell me the darkest story that you have <laughs> and he and it's basically like they're on laughing gas yeah and he tells the story of his dad like picking him up to go to the somewhere not the park but like a some event yeah when he's eight and dropping him off at foster care yeah yeah he's be like i'm done with you peace have a good life right and all through the scene he's like cackling him and miles teller both cackling and miles teller's like dude that's ah, (laughs) it's very weird and this is like i think this is like when you think about the tonality of the movie like that scene sort of signifies like all that is so hard there's like a ridiculous scene where they're laughing through the pain which metaphorically like sounds cool and deep and impressive but yeah. i think in actuality i thought it was like kind of stupid i actually thought so i had the opposite oh really i really like this uh the scene um as well as uh like some of the other scenes where they do this where it just gives it like this um really absurd uh like both characters are super high uh, yeah absurdity and like sophomore-ish uh giggle fact because everybody's been there before everybody's been giggling and like you know you've been with friends and it's just like escalates and escalates and i i actually kind of like the fact that they did this with like really dark stuff and they're just like fucking just can't stop laughing um i don't know i actually like that so that's funny yeah i think i just don't i just don't like the tone at all and i think everything is just wrong like, yeah, to I mean, me, it's, yeah, it's I just can't off. get over it. It's yeah. definitely the tone is off. I think it has more has to do with like these actors. Uh, I feel like if they had different actors, it, it would have been uh, closer to the whatever to this point of the tone that they wanted to hit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I th- I, th- I like those scenes. Yeah. <laughs> so, but going back to the bingo board, so he basically like uses it to name his drugs. So like N forty yeah. is like you know yeah yeah down the column number forty. Uh, and Miles Teller realizes this and it's I, I think the point is just to show that like Chris Hemsworth uh, Amnesty like really doesn't know what he's doing kind of mm-hmm. he's like flying by the seat of his pants it's a little childish he's like a little arrested development mm-hmm. um, it's a bingo board which I, I it's not necessarily childish but it's like a game to yeah. him and he is kind of still looking for approval as though he was like a child and yeah. not fully knowing how to get it yeah, I mean, I, I think that is spot on, especially um, you, where you have scenes where he uh, is also very childlike in the fact that, like, if he isn't, something isn't going his way or if something is, um, you know, somebody is denying him something that he wants, like, he is very childish and, like, erupts, right? Yeah, and he's like, just, like, banging the table. Yeah, bangs the table, and yeah. he's very short with Mark, his uh, assistant, um, especially when he, like, sort of, uh, uh, I guess challenges his opinion on things and the ethics of things. Um, so yeah, he's a very childish character, which um, yeah, t- totally spot on. But I wanted to mention this bingo board sort of gets into the reveal right at the end. The o- OBDX. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So the the twists of this movie is that they actually aren't looking for like these love serums as they are in the story. They're looking for this cocktail that he calls obdx which is basically just like an obedience um drug where someone who takes it can 
do whatever the person administering it like wants them to do mm-hmm. so it's basically just this so now the movie ends with this idea that like actually it's been about like free will the entire time like do you get a say in what you do or not um in the book there there actually is a drug like this i think it's called docile ride that's mentioned a few times mm. it's kind of like a just a throwaway thing where it's you know is this the drug that makes them do anything i want and he's like yeah but it's class c so they have to acknowledge they're taking it whatever this it seems like this this movie sort of took that idea and said like well actually that's the bigger thing we want to mm-hmm. explore not just like love and you know unlove or whatever but we want to talk about like free will as a concept and are these people like is anybody doing like what they want to do mm-hmm. and all that and it's like <laughs> i don't know it didn't totally work for me just because yeah. it's like it's like a mo- it's like a funny l- romp about like drugs and prisoners and it's like but actually what if nobody had any choice in what they were doing the whole time oh my uh, god and, and i don't know it's oh just no. like this hu- like free will is something that people talk about all the time yeah and it just feels like something really huge to just drop in there at the very end and i, I don't know it like overweighted the narrative to me in a way i didn't really appreciate yeah i mean it, it would have done better if if like i think if if uh it, it it related more to the rest of the story that had just been told um if it was a if it was more poignant in the way that um it was told to us at the end there and yeah i mean it i actually didn't really give it that much weight th- that you did I, I obviously it makes sense that sort of they're breaking away they're escaping they're taking back their free will right um in that sense but yeah it, it, it's it certainly felt like more out of place and it certainly felt more sinister than what was currently happening happening um but i suppose a question to ask to you is like <laughs> these are these are prisoners like these people would be in prison mm-hmm. is it is it okay ethically to like test stuff on prisoners like jeff killed two no, people no she killed somebody rogan killed three people it's so, not now we're talking about like they're all acknowledging that they're getting like cocktails obviously they they didn't realize they were being like giving another cocktail that like maybe forced them to acknowledge things mm-hmm. i don't know all these like questions kind of like make it hard to like comprehend in a, in a certain sense mm-hmm. like like wait what were you doing the whole yeah. time um it's unclear like they keep changing motivations yeah right like but also i guess my question is like these people are they're all bad people why can't they figure out how to love and unlove you know why can't why can't we test them <laughs> they know like they could be in state will they it's could be in gen pop unethical well it could be in gen pop <laughs> also why is miles teller getting out of prison so fast why is she get, she's also like seven months over her sentence I was like, you killed somebody. You killed two people. Why yeah, is your sentence fair. over? Because she killed a baby. You just get out of prison that fast? Yeah. Well, you're welcome Apparently. for testing <laughs> testing stuff. I didn't like th- I didn't like that reveal. Like, oh, your sentence has actually been over for a certain time. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, fuck that. Like, just let them escape. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. don't cheapen their crimes by saying like, oh, actually, their punishment is wasn't so bad yeah i feel like things like that were just kind of thrown in especially at the end it was like maybe more to theme like 
oh, actually, I have been using your free will to keep you here. Yeah, you yeah. didn't know that you were Maybe free that's, to go. yeah. It's like, dude, this dude killed two fucking people. He should still be in prison yeah, but five years after he did it. I don't, I mean, <laughs> maybe that's just like the cynic in me thinking like, maybe if you kill two people, we should put you in prison for a little bit. <laughs> I know he's not like a fully It was an person, accident. But. It was an accident. Anyway. Um, next difference. <laughs> next difference. So Mark and Jeff team up against Abnesti. So uh, Mark, f- or I'm sorry, Jeff finds out that Abnesti has his own pharmaceutical company and that he's been using it. This mirage of everybody's a prisoner here to sort of keep everybody in check and everybody under control um and he thinks this is wrong and he wants to do something about it so one night um he and mark befriend each other uh there are they're already kind of friends but um mark is is the assistant to Abnesti, and you know throughout the story mark is is becoming less and less um enchanted he starts to have doubts he starts to have doubts about this study and about amnesty um (laughs) there was a great line that they that was really cheesy and i chuckled at which was like when when they're having this conversation about why amnesty and he says because there's so few geniuses yeah (laughs) it's just like it was horrible i mean it's like it's a horrible line Uh, it's a horrible scene but uh pretty pretty funny though if, if uh so bad that it's funny so anyways uh they team up basically to plot against Abnesti and sort of take him down so they understand that what's going to happen is that jeff is going to have to give dark and flocks to lizzie um but basically what happens at mark switches the moby packs so the dark the uh the person in control of the moby pack is jeff because he is the one who has to give dark and flocks to lizzie he has to do it himself but uh, he is actually in control of uh, Abnesti's Moby Pack, so he gives him the Darken Flocks. And yeah, which has been spiked with Darken Flocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. So um, so they sort of conspire, and he sort of confronts them, and then they have this... So the whole ending is is way different, right? So, yeah, it's totally different. Um, so in the story, uh, I can't remember how exactly, but Abnesti and Mark, or Verlaine in the short story, leave, uh, and then he leaves his remote, so he, so Jeff gives himself dark and flocks yeah. and that it's so painful that he just commits suicide on the corner of Amnesty's desk, goes to heaven, et cetera, uh, story ends. But here, um, uh, Amnesty and him fight. Um, and then a lot of things sort of happen. Um, so eventually Lizzie does get the dark and flocks mm-hmm. and he goes in to save her and, Abnesti basically releases all the prisoners and says, hey, there's people escaping, blah, blah, blah. Do you want to keep your cushy lifestyle here? Or, or go do to you real- want to go back to state? <laughs> you want to go back to state? And then I can't remember who, but somebody calls the police. The police are on the way. I think it's Mark. Probably. It's Mark. Yeah. And then everything is sort of breaking down. And uh, eventually they, uh, Lizzie and Jeff find Mark's, I'm sorry, Abnesti's boat and they, take off Abnesti is trying to escape the police so he gets in his like little boat I mean, i'm sorry his uh plane and crashes because he and during the, his fight with jeff jeff like slams him against the wall and he's like moby pack and his phone his like, phone yeah gets fucked up yeah so he can't turn and his moby pack starts going haywire he can't his phone is broken so he can't like that's right turn it the levels down so it's actually going through i think he's going through all the different yeah like um, drugs all the different drugs so his experience is changing he actually did a great job i thought with this like his acting and the different emotions that he's going through yeah uh and then 
it actually kind of ties well with the beginning of the movie where um, he gets he's given the N40 or whatever it was to sort of enhance the experience. Um, so Jeff is actually looking at in re- in reality he's looking at like a smokestack and yeah. some industrial landscape, but in his mind he's looking at this beautiful um, was it island or mountain or something I can't remember what it was exactly, but some beautiful landscape. Yeah. So the same sort of thing happens to um, Abnesti as he's flying his plane and. So he's like basically like a, like a like a fly being attracted to a light. Uh, a light, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it just flies directly into this uh, mountainside and kills himself. But that's sort of the end. Yeah, and it. I mean, it's it's a little bit about like you know man destroyed by his own creation yeah. kind of thing with him. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know for a science movie, you could see like some sense in in the relevance there. Yeah uh of course because you know his escape from spiderhead is not through suicide he has to jeff has to escape like with the power of his own might mm-hmm. and his brains with with lizzie um and so if you were looking for a you know chris hemsworth miles teller throwdown, we got that if you're looking yep. for them oh, yeah. running out of a uh confusingly ge- geographied building we've got that geographied team. building i don't know <laughs> uh <laughs> weird layout yeah weird layout we got that here for you yeah um yeah i think it's 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 a hollywood it's been like hollywoodified which is just like Definitely, yeah. the escape from spiderhead has to be physical and dramatic and yeah. yeah um but i do think the the addition of mark uh, the assistant like having doubts allows like the plot to take place yeah so in the in the story he's just sort of like a yes man who's pro science yeah. and and all that and i think the 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 fact that there is something bigger at the in the movie like the fact that he owns the pharmaceutical company is not this person that he says he is Mm -hmm. and all that stuff like kind of snowballs and it makes sense that mark would help and the the breakout would happen kind of thing yeah um i just i just think it's like it's just like a hollywood movie and that that is what and it's fine it's just like that's that's what it had to become because that's what it is yeah there's nothing wrong with it um it's it's a it's sort of an easy watch it's not to in the weeds of the details of science and blah 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 and theater theories and stuff like that it's it's easy it's you know Uh, that's what that's my trouble with it is that it's like it's like wants to be maybe more but it just like it doesn't isn't quite that yeah and uh i don't know it's it's pretty like average i would say yeah definitely very average yeah i was getting um i just thought of this while we were talking like tom cruise um uh cameron diaz night and day oh wow that from like 2010 where he's like a spy trying to save her but mm-hmm. what they're and they're like trying to steal like a perpetual motion machine something something like that and it's like oh it's just like a it's like a romp but the thing at stake is like this hugely like the the tendrils of its like existence are massive mm. but it's really just like a you know little small movie right, that right, has right. these like giant ideas that kind of get just get like shoehorned in because yeah. it sounds cool that's what the yeah that's what this felt like to me it was just like cool ideas within it but they can't sort of get out of their own way of like needing to escape the island at the end you know it's yeah. like it's not really about science it's about them like escaping with their love yeah which is you know different yeah i um no i agree it it it, it it just sort of gets into my like final thought, but um, there are things about the movie that are really well done, like the production design, the music, and things like that. Really give it this atmosphere of like 
science fiction and sinisterism, I guess, if that's a word. Um, but yeah, the story did not live up to those same levels, basically. Um, and the t- I think the tone has a lot to do with it. <clears throat> I think you either have to strike that serious dramatic balance or you have to just go for the absurd, like a, a Zoolander or a an Anchorman. Just like almost go, not overboard with it, but like go more in that direction where it's funny or it's it's serious. Yeah. But yeah. So did we like it? Or sorry. Was it successful? Was it successful? Um, I don't think so for all the reasons we've already said. Yeah. I think it's sort of like it expanded it, but it also in doing so kind of muddled it in a way that didn't fully work. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, if you like the story, you, there's stories in there. A lot of the lines I recognize a lot of the lines, a lot of the good lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In there, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's successful. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, given the story that it had before, I think they did like a decent job with it. But they, I feel like they wanted to add too many things into it and change it too much um, to make it its own. Whereas, um, yeah, I, I just don't think that it, it did a great job of sort of honoring the source of material and bringing it to a new place that the source material couldn't go so so it's no surprise when we tell you uh, the movie's fine movie's fine I, I just don't there's a, just not quite enough there there yeah for it to be anything but fine i think the rotten tomatoes and the metacritic scores are relatively i would probably feel the same way yeah it's a it's 90 minutes so it's not like the most it's the longest investment you'll make mm-hmm. in your life right right so you know fire it up on friday have a couple cocktails yeah, yeah. it um, might be funny to watch it like more drunk or something no not, not a <laughs> not with a drunk driving oh that's that's a good point um okay so hot takes eric you go first this is why you pay ryan reynolds his money because he can do what miles teller can't do which is ride this like humor heart line oh interesting i think miles teller for all of our like bluster early on in this episode i think he's like a fairly limited performer Mm. There are things he can do pretty well, and then there are things that he can't really do. Um, and in a certain sense, it, it's sort of like sometimes these actors are thrust upon us. Like Miles Teller is going to be a thing, mm. and he's in all this stuff, and they're like, these are kind of okay. I honestly like Ryan Reynolds was kind of like that for a while. Where yeah, it was like Ryan Reynolds is going to be a thing. God damn it! Like <laughs> let's put him in all this stuff, and he just really wasn't sort of right for it. Mm-hmm. But what he's right for, he's like really right for. Yeah, and I think he's really right for something like this. So, do you see him playing Jeff's character or Abnesti? I think I think he could play Abnesti. I think the I think his like, I think he's even more charismatic than Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth for sure is like he's pretty charismatic. He's pretty charismatic. I think Ryan Reynolds like blows everybody out of the water just with like the force of his personality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really works for this like big evil pharmaceutical bad. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're basically making like the dropout mixed with not even something as like easy as Anchorman. Right. Yeah. yeah. Something. I I don't know. Yeah. It depends on which, which like way you want to go. Do you want to have like a more serious tone or do you want to have a more like comical tone? I want it to be more comical. Yeah. Then I feel like you can't, like you can't have 
you almost need the sinister guy to be over the top in that sense. Like you can't have almost a charismatic guy. You need more of like a, uh, uh, who's the guy in the awesome powers movies? Oh, like Mike Myers. Yeah. Like, uh, like hit that evil character, almost like almost over the top in that sense. Yeah. And you need the, um, uh, main character to be like almost oblivious all the time. Like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm missing all the signals kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. But, I would I would be curious what this movie is like with like Steven Soderbergh or somebody with like a really defined director's personality mm-hmm. and like eye for stuff. It yeah. just feels like this the director, while Top Gun Maverick is good, is I mean I wasn't it doesn't seem like anybody could have directed this movie and I wouldn't have known. So side note, because you saw Top Gun Maverick, is it is it good because it was nostalgic or is it good because it's good on its own it's good because we all voted for reagan and we <laughs> need america to be you know red white and fucking blue <laughs> no i mean it's it's that's a joke we um i think it's honestly like i think top gun maverick it, if it had come out in 2019 or 2020 if there was no pandemic and mm-hmm. we got movies in movie theaters like like frequently mm-hmm. i think it would not be as big really yeah, I think it's it's a it's a good movie and it's like a really good movie theater experience. The story is like, you know, about a squadron of planes like firing at a target, hitting the target, and coming home. Yeah, yeah. like it's a pretty it's pretty like you know, there's a bunch of movies like this. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's like, uh, what do they say? Like absence makes the heart grow fonder. Where it's like mm-hmm. we didn't have. We, we don't have movies like this anymore. It's all yeah. Marvel movies. And when you get like a big budget action movie that's not like CGI'd to death, right. yeah. it's like, wow, this is fucking great. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's you haven't had ice cream in two years and then you get to have <laughs> ice cream and you're like, fuck yeah, now oh, I have yeah. a headache. But it's like great. It's a great headache. That's a fair point. I just wanted to ask um, because this, it's the same director for this movie. Yeah. Um, but no, totally agree um that the tone was off and um i feel like ryan Reynolds, ryan Reynolds would have been probably better than either chris hemsworth or miles Teller in their respective roles Just put but yeah everything yeah anyways um my hot take is this should have been a comedy it should have been over the top it should have been in, in the realm of uh you know anchorman zoolander like more dodgeball more four circle yeah um because there's they're already kind of dipping into it with the dark and flocks and the Laffodil, like they're already kind of being absurd, right? And the giggling when they're talking about uh, all these like Dark. fucked up things. Yeah. Like I feel like if you just lean into that a bit more, it would have been funnier and it just would have hit the right tone. But to each his own. Um, movie or short story? I'm going short story. Same here. You know, Read obvious it. choice based on the last <laughs> 90 minutes of our combo. Yeah. And then final thoughts, Eric um a, a line i really liked in both the movie and the book was beautiful people get away with too much i say that having benefited myself from time to time which is a line that abnessi says and also chris hemsworth says he does it he does a great job yeah pretty funny he, coming from him he nails it yeah. um and then for me uh set design and music were a1 and deserved better i thought they really did a great job whoever the production designer is and whoever the uh music people are for this movie need to work in more science science fiction uh movies in the future because i just thought they they just did a great job um i totally could have seen this being like a dramatic 
like th- those that designed in the music for it would have been great in a dramatic serious sci-fi movie um so do you like like the yacht rock the like eddie money also th- also the soundtrack was pretty good i thought it was so that's a that's the thing like they're <laughs> they're trying to strike this like uh what's a thor right this thor like uh or not thor guardians of the galaxy yeah like uh fun soundtrack and also these like serious tones it was just too too much too, too far conflicting. apart yeah so yeah but anyways so um signing off here check out our most recent episodes uh on pachinko our season 11 was dedicated to that first season in the book um which was a lot of fun doing and be sure to check those out um do we want to announce our next episode here yeah we are doing another netflix movie called the gray man ryan gosling ryan gosling chris evans actually Mm -hmm. and uh it comes out on netflix in late july i think maybe the i think the 15th mid-july mid-july yeah so uh a couple weeks here but stay tuned for that that is a it's like the first book in a a series of books but i think we're just gonna read the first book yeah i think it's like 11 books or something ridiculous so we'll come back for for the gray man 2 netflix (laughs) 2024 yeah yeah um but yeah that'll be that'll be what comes next and then we have another we might do a a little ends after dark after that but yeah yeah keep you guys posted on that. yes yeah be uh stay aware and be tuned stay tuned stay tuned be tuned be tuned (laughs) (laughs) all right any shout outs before we sign off here um Shout out Miles Teller. Yeah, he's back. Keep uh, keep doing interesting roles, and um, you know, one day you might be uh, better at them. I don't know. <laughs> practice, 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 practice. I want to shout out Eric's outfit, uh, it, which is Miles Teller uh, inspired. So I kept the glasses on the whole time. You did actually. So. Congratulations. So lights lights are too bright, but they can't blind me. Thank you very much for listening. See you next time. <laughs>